0: Today's scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Water. Without it, life as we know it would cease to exist. It is essential to our very being from washing the dishes and laundry to cleansing our hands and bodies and quenching our thirst. This odorless, tasteless, transparent, and nearly colorless substance seems to be on everyone's mind as of lately, too. Maybe it's because of One reason or another, maybe it's because of the great heat that has been beating down over the past couple of weeks, and we together have been wondering, when is the next storm going to happen, going to come? When is the next storm going to come to provide for our outdoor plants or our turning brown lawns? Well, then lo and behold, that pondering was met by the torrential downpour And the great lightning strikes that happened two weeks ago that swept across Stafford County and the surrounding areas, leaving folks without power, leaving their basements and their yards flooded, seeming like there was no real end in sight for this rain to stop. Or maybe water has been on your mind with the recent Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Maybe you've watched, maybe you've watched on as over 30 gold, silver, and bronze medals have been awarded thus far to American Olympians and in their respective water events, which in case you're keeping track, is the most medals accumulated for any sport for the United States so far this year in 2021. Water is all around us, from nearby bodies of water like the Potomac and Rappahannock Rivers to Aquia Creek and Smith Lake and Abel Lake to larger bodies of water like the Chesapeake Bay and the Atlantic Ocean. Water not only surrounds us, but is vital. It's life-giving for us and all of creation. It brings forth nourishment and excitement, enjoyment, sports, and hobbies. Today we begin a new sermon series entitled, Diving In. And in these last few weeks of summer, we will be diving into our faith. For some, this will be a new experience. And for others, it will be like a more experienced dive into going into the deep end, paddling out into the deeper waters. For the past five weeks, we have been growing in our understanding of the many ways that we can have faith and faith in abundance throughout the different seasons of change. Especially over the past year, we have all gone through some pretty significant change. And as Pastor Emily reminded us last week, saying that her dad said this, God didn't bring you this far to forget about you. God didn't bring us this far to forget about us. And she called us to remember that though this sermon series of faith through change is over, it's concluding, it's done. The call from God to change is not. Change is at the very heart of our biblical heritage and our identity as followers of Jesus Christ. From the creation story and the Genesis, uh, in from the creation story, In Genesis to the wilderness wanderings of the Israelites from the incarnation of God with us Jesus the Christ and his calling of the 12 disciples to leave everything behind and follow him to the Apostle Paul and his dramatic change on the road to Damascus friends in some cases change may be gradual and in other instances Rapid, but nonetheless, change like water is vital and essential to our existence as followers of Jesus Christ. How do you experience change? At what points in your life have you experienced change? Are you someone who loves to do a cannonball off the diving board, diving right into the change? Or are you someone who prefers to sit on the side of the pool? Dangling over the side, not sure if you want to get in or get out. Kind of testing the waters. Or are you someone who thinks it is best to slowly immerse yourself into the change? Toe by toe, one by one, dipping them into the water, and then your ankle... And gradually wading in more deeply as you adjust to the water and to the change. In our scripture passage that we heard this morning from Mark 4, the disciples are experiencing, let's call it an assisted cannonball. This was not a time that they could slowly dip themselves into the seas of change, nor was it an instance of the disciples being able to dangle their legs off the side of the pool, contemplating on whether they should get in or get out to fully follow Jesus or pursue their own path. This experience of the disciples in in Mark 4 is a fully submerged, ready-or-not-here-it-comes kind of dive. Diving in to following Jesus as a disciple. 16 months ago, back in February of 2020, which now seems like decades ago, I was boarding a flight with a bishop and other clergy from East Ohio's conference of the United Methodist Church. And we were traveling to the Holy Land, and after months and months of preparation, uh, months and months overlooking over these trip brochures and seeing pictures of the different places that we would soon visit, and, and the time had finally come. Was I ready? <laughs> no. But was the trip coming, whether I was ready or not? Absolutely. It was one of those assisted cannonballs. Ready or not, here it comes. It was one of those kinds of dives. And as I boarded the plane in Newark, New Jersey, and began the 10-hour flight to Tel Aviv, I began to think about all of the places that we were going to go, all of the places that we were going to visit on this holy pilgrimage. Thinking about the biblical stories, the biblical narratives, and the hymns that were written about these places. Was Bethlehem going to be small, old little town of Bethlehem? Was there going to be a nativity scene in a manger in Bethlehem with a plaque that said, Jesus laid in this manger? Was my water going to turn into wine in the city of Cana? Was I going to encounter a man lying on the other side of the road, left for dead in Samaria? Where was I going to encounter the divine? Where on this pilgrimage journey was I going to encounter God? Where was God going to show up? So on the first day of the trip, we, we came to the Jordan River, and Bishop Malone from the East Ohio Annual Conference, she, she drew water from the River Jordan, and she called us all over and led us in remembering our baptism. And as Bishop Malone poured water over our heads, one by one, and then she came to me, water over my head, called me by name, and said, remember your baptism. Where was God in that moment? The following days we traveled to Tel Megiddo, which is, in case you don't know, it's a man-made mountain located between Mount Carmel and Mount Hermon. And Mount Carmel is where Elijah had his theophany, his God moment, when he called down the fire from heaven. To consume the sacrifice and his duel with the prophets of Baal and Mount Hermon on the other side is where Jesus had his theophany, his God moment. As he was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, and looking out over the vast valley, looking out from the mountaintop of Tel Megiddo, where was God in that moment? Finally, as we arrived for the night to our hotel, located in Tiberias. Our tour guide, Rula, she said, look out over the left side. And we looked out and she said, that is the Sea of Galilee. But it was dark and we were all pretty tired. So we all went to bed. And then the next morning I woke up four o'clock in the morning. That's very rare for me, just so you are aware. I woke up four o'clock in the morning. I ventured down to the sea and it was calm. There were no storms. There were no waves crashing. There was no wind. There was The water was calm, and it shimmered like glass. Later that same day, after traveling around from place to place, we concluded on Galilee for a boat ride on the sea. And the experience out of the Sea of Galilee brought the scriptures to life. Throughout the seasons of life, We all have these scripture passages that not only instruct us on how to live in community with God and with one another, but also how to love God and love one another. There are these scripture passages that keep us grounded, but also transport us to a place where we are surrounded in the great company and included in the great company of heaven, the great cloud of witnesses. In December of 2013, tragedy had struck my life and in the life of my family. The day began fairly routine as we took my dad to a regular checkup appointment at the hospital, which turned into him having to stay the night because he was pretty dehydrated. That night... My brother, my sister, and I, we were about to leave the hospital room before it was time for him to go to sleep. And my my stepmom was sitting there in the room telling him goodnight, telling him and talking to him uh, about the the devotional that they had shared that morning from Mark 4, this passage, the same passage that we read this morning. Jesus calming the storm. Little did we know that was the last time that we would see him. That night, things changed. My dad had pressed the nurse's call button, and he needed to get up and use the restroom, and the nurse came in, and he joked around with her by saying, What took you so long? I've been waiting for five seconds, and I've got to pee like a racehorse. The nurse helped my dad out of bed, and being a big guy, this was a chore for the young woman. And she helped him out of the restroom, and right there in the restroom as he was getting ready to come back out, He hit his head on the sink and he went into a coma. All the nurses rushed in the room, got him on the bed, started to get his vitals back to normal. And the nurses called my stepmom and she began to weep. And she told us and and we began to weep. And we all rushed back to the hospital at four o'clock in the morning to find my dad hooked up to all different types of medical machines. Hours later, we were talking and we were praying and we were crying and his eyes just opened up and his once elevated vitals were calm. And my stepmom said to my dad, it's okay. It's okay, honey. Jesus is here and he is calming the storm. A couple of moments later, my dad passed away. It was sudden. Nobody had seen it coming. Everyone thought that it was just a regular routine checkup. Sure, he had diabetes. Sure, he had been sick for a little while. Sure, but, but all of the doctors said that he was going to make it through. And on December 23rd, a couple days later, we gathered with family and friends on what seemed like the entire town coming out to to say their final goodbyes. And as the the funeral service began... We sang the hymns and the songs of our faith. We read the scripture that provides comfort and, and solace and strength and nourishment. And, and we read the scripture of Romans 8 about no thing, nothing can separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus. And we read together the 23rd Psalm about the Lord being our shepherd. And as my sister began to read the second verse, and you know it, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. Though the waters threaten us and churn around us, the Lord calms the waters, calms the storms and restores our souls. As life began to return to a new normalcy, the storms within me continued to rage. The once still waters were crashing into my boat, and I knew that I needed help. I knew that I needed someone to talk to. I knew that I needed someone to just to tell me that everything was going to be all right. And for a short span, I found this help. I found this solace. I found this strength in a friendship from that I developed from my undergraduate studies. But more so, the real solace, the real strength came in this past year. Being in the Holy Land last year brought about some solace and strength, but also a fortitude and support for enduring and and leading through this time of COVID, this crazy time. Last February, as we were walking down the dock to our boat to cross the Sea of Galilee, the once calm storms that shimmered like glass became rough. The skies that moments before were clear had darkened and we sputtered out to the middle of the sea As and the waves began to crash up and over our boat and, and torrential rain began to pour down. It was as if this scripture passage from Mark's gospel was incarnating before our very eyes. Even our tour guide Rula had this, this look on her face like, this is not normal, Seconds later, as we approached the middle of the sea, everything ceased. The waves were no longer crashing. Our boat was no longer swaying from side to side. There was a calm. There was a peace. The water had returned to its shimmering, glassy look, and in the sky was a rainbow. In that moment, God was there calming our unexpected storm. And in that moment, I remembered my dad and those words that my stepmom articulated to him in that last moment. Jesus is here and he is calming the storm. Peace, be still. That's what Jesus speaks to the wind and the sea. Jesus isn't so much changing the weather, the, the wind and the water as much as Jesus is inviting the disciples to change. He's speaking to the wind and the waves within us. Because we, like the disciples, we like to point at what is going on outside of us. We do. But Jesus in the scripture is pointing to what's going on inside of us. Why are you afraid, Jesus asks. Have you still no faith? Jesus' words are more about us than the circumstances of our lives. Because friends, storms happen. Faith, more faith, better faith, stronger faith. Faith doesn't change the storm. Faith doesn't even eliminate the storm. It changes us. Faith does not take us around the storm, but through the storm. Faith allows us to see and know that Jesus is there with us. And faith is what allows us to be still, to be peaceful in the midst of a storm. So when we find ourselves facing these storms in our lives, where do we turn? Where, where do you turn? Do you internalize the storm or do you undertake the storm with Jesus' peace? Do you put your faith in the power of the storm or in the power of Jesus Christ? What are the storms that keep you in turmoil? In some of your storms, you can see the lightning and you can hear the thunder. And will you be frozen in the storm crying out, Don't you care, Jesus? Or will you rely on Jesus to still that storm? Even the most natural of storms have a crossing over to the other side. We all know the pain of losing a loved one. And most of us know that there's a storm that rushes in on the day of loss and the week that follows with, with all of the funeral arrangements and the services and, and the burial and the parade of people that need to be housed and fed and cleaned up after. And, and that storm is much easier It's much easier to face than the other side where the loss is real and the house is quiet. When the diagnosis is devastating and the storms rage, but in the days and the weeks and the months of living with that diagnosis, we we go ashore, right? We go ashore to the other side and we begin to face what's there. Friends, that same hard work is required any time that we face a storm as we cross over to the other side. The other side is a place that, no, we don't want to go there because we've avoided it for so long. It's those problems that we've avoided for for so long, too long. Because if they were addressed, it would require us to sacrifice something. Friends, I don't know what the storms are that you are currently facing. I don't know what the storms that you're going through, the storms that are tossing and threatening your boat, the storms that are tossing and threatening our boat. But I do know this, that Jesus cares and that Jesus will calm the storm. And I also know that when the storm subsides, you will find yourself called to go to the other side. But the question is, are you willing to go? Are you willing to even get in the boat? Are you willing to go over to the other side? And when you get over there, will you get out? Will you get out of the boat? Will you trust God as you take the plunge to dive in and to dive deep?